theme song is a lot longer than I remember it being. Welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> to an all-new episode of Geeks Against the Grain. For today's episode, we will be debating the best Avengers film, excluding Endgame and including Civil War. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. And we have two new members, not only to the Geek Vibes Nation family, but to the Geeks Against the Grain panel. Um, so first, let me introduce our older members, not older in age, just like in experience, I guess. Um, mm. Let me just hurry up and introduce because I'm putting my foot in my mouth. Um, Tia, what's going on, Tia? I feel like that is a direct insult to Mike and I as probably some of the oldest members of the GVN crew. <laughs> so, Mike, I got you, all right? I'm standing up for us right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely had one of those moments where, like, my mouth was going and my mind was just like, whoa, pull those words back, man. No, no, don't say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, also, Mike, what's going on, Mike? Well, after that intro, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, all, you are always welcome in my arms to disintegrate whenever you need to. Mm, I'll um, take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Welcoming to the show our newest members, um, starting with, and please let me get this right, uh, Poyla. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <It's>... Oh. Oh. <laughs> Paola. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paola. You know what? We're, we're pulling out the nickname here. We're pulling out the nickname so I don't embarrass myself any worse. Uh, Go for it. <laughs> we are going Swaggy P till I nail this name. Um, Perfect. Trust me, I'm going to get it. It took the longest for me to realize Joel was Joel and not Joel. Um, <laughs> so I promise you, I, I, I'll get it. I'll get it. Uh, hey, don't worry <laughs> about it. Don't worry about it. And we also have Dom. What's going on, Dom? What's up, man? Glad to be here. And you're glad that I got your name right. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do, do, actually, Dom's not even my real name. I just shortened it because everybody pronounces mine wrong, too, so. Oh, perfect. All right. I, I need all you guys to start just making names as simple as possible because <laughs> I'm not good at these, okay, clearly. Um, all right, let's get right into it. Um, I want I want to just go around and I want everyone to kind of go into what their one favorite Avengers film is if you had to pick one. Um, and actually, I'm going to start with uh, you, Tia. I'm going to start with you, put you on the hot seat, and I'm going to get you to go first. What's your favorite Avengers film? Or in your uh, in your mind, what do you think is the best Avengers film? I mean, it has to be Infinity War. Uh, obviously, for the fact that you have all these uh, different characters on such a grand scale into one film, you know, you think about it, we've had uh, at that point, what was it, nine years of several movies, several different characters, all kind of existing within their one uh, universe and then all coming together. And to me, it just came together beautifully. What I loved about Infinity War is just kind of the different tone, obviously, and I'm not going to go through all of it because obviously I don't want to take away from anyone else, but it starts off with not any of the music that we're used to in the beginning credits. It has Thanos absolutely decimating the Asgardians, R.I.P. Loki, just to throw that out there, which should have turned <laughs> me off to the movie, but no, it was just so good. The pace was amazing. 
how they kind of touched upon what happened in Civil War and the aftermath of that and just how everything worked. Uh, as we know, Thor Ragnarok completely reinvented Thor, and he still kept that version of himself in Infinity War, which made him one of the standout characters. I just love the Guardians of the Galaxy. I uh, loved Steve Rogers and Natasha and Falcon kind of on their own thing. Uh, Doctor, Sh- First of all, Infinity War made me appreciate Doctor Strange so much because I didn't even really like him in his own movie. I thought it was fairly boring when I first saw it, and Infinity War just completely made me change my mind about him. And uh, And again the way that Infinity War changes itself is you think it's going to be this typical superhero movie. Obviously, they got to save the day. That Battle of Wakanda was like the sickest battle we've ever seen. Thor's entrance was absolutely amazing. But then at the end, we obviously know what happened. Thanos won. And we all were sitting in the theater just absolutely shocked seeing some of our favorite characters just disappear before our eyes, which is something that Superhero movies really just don't do, especially Marvel. They want to make the characters the heroes, make the good guys win at the end, and that just didn't happen. So it has to be 100% Infinity War. Uh, No shame on the other Avengers movies. Well, some shame, I guess, on Age of Ultron. But Infinity War just blows everything away, uh, what we're currently talking about. I mean, it's hard to to disagree with that. I mean, the the movie was like is as shocking as it was to to make Avengers um, something I don't think anyone saw coming. Um, obviously, before the events of the end of the first Iron Man, where obviously they were building to that, um, it was just unprecedented. I mean, remember we've always either had a solo or a team up movie. We've never had solos lead to a team up movie. Um, we've never had a saga outside of anything that wasn't Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, um, Star Wars. Uh, Marvel was doing something with comic book characters. We just didn't think was possible. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was like after seeing the first Avengers, you were just like, oh, there's no way you could ever top this. Um, and then, you know, here we are at Infinity War, and they were just like, all right, hold my beer. Um, watch how many sick visuals we can give you. Watch the fact that we can give you 30 characters and still give everyone their equal uh, screen time. Um, the Russo brothers, just they're great, and they understand these characters a lot. And one thing I didn't really give the directors um, of these characters credit for is um, they have a hand. Uh, so like, I, I used to always say, like, the Russo brothers just understand um, Thor better than anyone. But it's like Taika was there. Um, you know, the Russos understand Black Panther better. No, but Ryan Coogler was there. So it's like everyone had a helping hand. James Gunn was there for Guardians. So all the directors did have a hand in helping with their uh, their characters for this team-up movie. So, um, well, at, go ahead. The Russo brothers knew that, yeah, this is the movie that they're tasked with doing, but with all these separate characters that have been so popularized with their own separate movies, they had to get the help of the individual directors to help them with that. And good for them. Good for them doing that, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, it's the best way to make sure you don't mess up um, is you consult. I mean, I, I thought one of the, the best things was the intro to the Guardians in Infinity War, the song that was mm-hmm. playing. It was so yeah. Guardian. Like, it felt like the DNA of Guardian. Um, and that's what the Russo brothers teaming up with these directors were able to do. No one felt they weren't, like, Black Panther still felt like Ryan Coogler. It didn't feel any differently. Um, obviously, things were a little different because he's a different director, but it still felt like Ryan Coogler was there, like, yeah, T'Challa would really do this. He would kind of do that. Um, it felt so organic. So for them to be able to take something that they weren't bringing in for the first time and kind of just nourish it was, was beautiful. Um, and I still, to this day, as much as I love John Favreau, um, I just think Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark is someone that just doesn't need direction. Like, I, I half the times don't even think Downey Jr. needs a script. Um, you just tell him, go in there and just be Downey Jr. And it's like, here's like a guideline of what, what you know, is happening in the scene. Just go do what you want. Um, and it shows, and it, it was a beautiful film. So I can't really argue that. Um, it's such a well-done movie. And like you said, the bad guy won. That's something that just doesn't really happen in, um, in movies like this. You don't really get the bad guy winning. Um, and the way that he won, too, it was just like, I remember everyone in the theaters was like, whoa, hold on. You tell me you're not doing Black Panther 2? You're not doing another Spider-Man? And I'm just looking around like, oh, you guys don't even know. Wait till you see what comes <laughs> after this. Um, but, yeah, it was, just, it, it was a lot of fun. And um, one of the things that I loved most about it was um, it felt like it was setting the table for things. But as much as we would like to say, like, oh, I saw that coming, I didn't really see anything coming <laughs> that really happened. Like, the sacrifice of Gamora, I didn't see that coming. Um, I remember when I saw Thanos stab Stark, I was just like, oh, no, how dare you? No, you guys can't do this to me. (laughs) And then when Strange comes in, he's like, don't worry, I got your back. Spare him, take the stone. I was just like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Strange. Um, So, I mean, that movie was just completely beautiful. Um, But let me stop talking. Um, I want to go around get everyone else's thoughts on on Tia's pick of uh, Infinity War. Um, Mike, I'll, I'll go over to you. What, what are your thoughts on Infinity War? Now, are we telling you our favorite Avengers movie, or are we just replying to Tia? No, no, no. Responding to Tia's, and then I'm still going to go around to get everyone else's uh, everyone else's favorite. But to me, if I do it this way, it helps us not go off track like we usually do, uh, so we can seem more professional at this. Um, so just responding to Tia's, um, and then I'll obviously keep passing it around. Then I'll go back to you for you to give uh, your favorite. Well, see, my answer is the same as Tia's, so I don't know how much I should say and how much I should say for uh, for my go-around. <laughs> I- I'll say that she did hit on one thing that I really was going to say, but I'm not going to too much repeat, is that they took characters that I thought were kind of bland in their solo outings, such as Doctor Strange, and made me like them a lot. Uh, Doctor Strange I thought was like one of the most forgettable Marvel movies I'd ever seen. I had no intentions of ever watching it again. And then after Infinity War, I was like, well, yeah, maybe I need to go back and watch that again. So, uh, yeah, I'll agree with that one. But I'll, I'll say the rest of my thoughts for, uh, for, for, for my full well, go around because it's my favorite as well. You know, Mike, okay. I just wanted to say, you know, I listened to your podcast at Danny. And you had, mm-hmm. when you were saying about the thing about Doctor Strange, I was like, yeah, that's the same exact way I felt. And then 
you know, uh, I went back and watched Doctor Strange, and I was like, holy shit, I actually really like this uh, movie, even though when I first saw it in the theaters with my boyfriend, both of us almost fell asleep watching it. <laughs> the same way, yeah. Yeah, that's weirdly how I felt watching First Avenger. Um, thought thought it was super forgettable. Thought if they didn't have one of the best villain actors, um, I completely would have just left that movie. Um, and then after seeing Avengers, I was just kind of like, I hate this costume, but I really like Chris Evans as, as Captain America. So I went back and watched it, and I still hate it. Uh, but no. <laughs> so let me go to you. Um, Tom. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Tia's pick? And if, if you have the same pick, we just I, I'll, I'll go by you and then come back to you. So I – yeah, who, who is it that – whose turn is it to oh, talk now? <laughs> no. You can go. You can go. I'm sorry. You can go. So I hate to sound like a broken record player, but I've also have to say that Infinity War was my favorite. Um, but I guess one thing I could talk about that maybe Tim and Mike haven't really elaborated as much on, but I'm sure uh, you guys feel the same as well. For me, one of the things that stood out about Infinity War compared to not just Marvel movies, but just movies in general that I have seen in theaters was the theater experience, you know, yeah. the the way that the audience engaged with the, the content that was being shown on screen. I have never laughed as much. I have I've never, like, felt so much fear and anxiety. Um, the the um, the ending, you know, I, the sadness that hit me was unlike anything I have ever felt while watching a movie because it was just something so unexpected. The, you know, the Russo brothers actually went there. They went that far to, um, to kind of send a message across about how serious this villain is, how serious Thanos is. And I remember, like, they, I, even to this day, it's, you know, one year later after watching Infinity War, and I just remember how we were all, Infinity War ended, and the, uh, end, the end credits started rolling in, there were no post-credit scenes until the very end. So literally you were sitting there for five, ten minutes in your seat just wondering what you have just watched. Just I, That feeling was just so – it was overwhelming. It was shocking. I was speechless. I kept looking around to my husband on one side, my sister and brother on the other side, just wondering, what did we just watch? And I just love that about Infinity War. No other movie has ever made me feel that way. And um, and I was actually watching it today in preparation for uh, Endgame that I'm watching tonight. And, gosh, I just got to say, no other movie has ever made me feel so many feels like that before. And, and that's why it's my favorite. Oh, well, I will say this. You should definitely hire a therapist for after you see Endgame if uh, Infinity <laughs> oh, War made ready, you feel guys. the same. Uh, Bring some <laughs> tissues. I will definitely say, though, um, I kind of always felt like I thought Infinity War would have heightened the uh, the suspense of Endgame if instead mm-hmm. of showing that Captain Marvel was the one that the beacon was being sent to, if you had had um, like, same thing, uh, Fury hits the button, the pager drops, you see it go beep, 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 and then yep. right before it starts to show it, you just fade the black. Um, you fade the black, and then you force people, because remember, Captain Marvel didn't have the best takeoff as far as mm-hmm. box office-wise. Um, mm-hmm. So if you force people to have to watch it, because um, Tia, me and you spoke about this when they uh, first did the trailer for Endgame, 
and heavily had Captain Marvel in it. I remember telling you, like, it's smart marketing. It's making everyone who thought, I don't need to see Captain Marvel, feel like they had to see it because in order to get in-game, you had to see that first. You don't really, but that's what smart marketing will make you think. So I thought if you had to just fade it to black, like a lot of us who are comic book nerds and stuff, like we would have had no idea like what the, the beacon was, was reaching out to. Um, we mm-hmm. would have speculated, but we wouldn't have known. And then when you see Captain Marvel, you're like, wait, that's the pager that we saw Fury hit. Like, was he calling her? And then, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see the end credit scene of, of Captain Marvel, and then you'd have a better idea. But I, I, I always thought if you had left us in suspense, seeing mm-hmm. all the new Avengers die, and then seeing the, the, the pager being hit, not knowing who it was reaching out to until uh, this year, would have driven us crazy. I still, to this day, hate that The Sopranos ended on just fading to black. Like, no, you got to give me something. Like, like have a gunshot. Dude, don't get me riled up, Jawan. Come on. Jeez. <laughs> no, to, to be fair, so, to be fair so I'm rewatching it because I wasn't able to watch it when I was a kid. I just saw that, that last episode. Um, but it, to me, it's brilliant because it's like, no, no, no. You fill in the blank. You get to decide what happens. Um, it's a bit lazy, but sometimes it works because it, it just fuels the brain um, for the fan side of what happens. You have control now. It could be anything. Um, so I always like, cause you would have had people like, wait, um, you know, cause the, the events of what happened at the end of Captain Marvel wouldn't have come out so closer to the release of that movie. You would have had crazy people like, is it Silver Surfer? Is it the X-Men? Is it Fantastic Four? Um, and it just would have been fun to speculate all that only to see, oh my God, it's Captain Marvel. So I just always thought that was the smarter way to go. And then to have no end credit scene for Infinity War. Um, so that's how I would have done it, but again, the Russo brothers are like a billion times smarter than I am, so <laughs> who am I to tell them what to do? Um, but, uh, well, I um, guess they um, maybe went about okay. it that way just because to, um, to, just to give us a, some sort of hope, because <laughs> I think by that, by that time we were all just feeling crushed, like no, no sense of hope whatsoever. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying, like to me, to me, thinking as someone who's always wanted to, to be a writer or a director, I want I always wanted the idea of my film to leave the audience to where it's just like, I broke you down, like, towards the end of the movie. Like, I did something so shocking. But then, like, the, the final part of the movie, I do something that mm-hmm. just further pushes that. And then you're just Absolutely, like, my yeah. soul is gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought That's a good point, that, though. It would have driven us crazy. Um, and I think that just would have been a lot more fun, and it would have mm-hmm. built Captain Marvel up a lot better, because um, you would have had people that don't really follow the MCU that are like, I gotta watch it because I keep hearing people say like it it, it ties into Endgame, and and I want to see Endgame. They did what they did, then seemingly worked. So whatever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Dom, I, I'll go to you. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I will say that Infinity War is. The best one, it's not my favorite though, but um, I do like how in Infinity War you can the way that the characters are set up is that especially in Marvel itself is that the characters no matter how uh, powerful or imposing they are usually on their enemies uh, they kind of operate in a, a team aspect that uh, everybody kind of has their uh, role players, you know, you, T'Challa has his whole kingdom, and uh, you know, I, you could 
to kind of say that, you know, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye are kind of everybody's Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. But, uh, yeah, it, I like the way that they kind of show that, yeah, they they might be Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but, there's you know, a hero, there's an S at the end that they kind of all need each other or it's not going to work. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was one of the the more beautiful things of Infinity War to where it was like, man, a picture of Tony had just called Steve, um, even when he got <laughs> up to space. Um, and he just called Steve and said, like, look, I have Thanos here. Like, bring everyone here. Right, um, right. Of, of course, it wouldn't have worked story-wise. I get it. I'm, 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 I'm not saying that. I just mean in the sense of when Cap said in Age of Ultron, um, you know, when Tony was like, well, what happens if we lose? We'll do that together. And it was just like everyone, instead of trying to reach out to everyone else to bring them all together to face this threat, everyone was trying to, to cut, it, cut the, snake, uh, the snake's head off um, right. without actually trying to come together to, to accomplish the goal. And, and that was one of the biggest, the biggest uh, reasons to why they lost is because uh, Stark could have easily called Cap and be like, look, we're here on this planet. We're waiting for him. Um, come here so we can surprise attack him. Everyone will have everyone. Thor at that point, I assume, would have landed on that planet instead of Wakanda. Right. Um, just so many different moving parts. But no, Stark mm-hmm. was like, I got this. No, Cap was like, I got this. And we see what happened. Um, so that was what I loved. Was Civil War was supposed to symbolize that the team no longer exists. There, there is right. no Avengers. Um, and then that was the biggest reason why they lost is because it was a world without a team. It was individuals mm-hmm. with their own posses trying to get the job done. Um, and it was, I, I always thought it was just funny. It was like, Stark, Hulk just told you that he lost to Thanos. And you think the smart idea is for you, Spider-Man, and a <laughs> wizard to go face this guy? Like, Thanos beat Hulk with not a one stone that he used on the Hulk. And you're like, nah, I got this. I'm Iron Man. It's just like, no, you you don't. You 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 don't at all. Um, but, but wasn't yeah, that I, like? But good. wasn't that like a hilarious like part where uh, Stark was like, we broke up, and Hulk, and Bruce was like, what, like the Beatles? Like, what are you guys <laughs> talking about? <laughs> I will I will say one thing that that did drive me crazy in that in that scene, that specific scene to you, um, <laughs> was how. Bruce was like, you know, well, who would know where Vision is? And starts like, Cap. And then he just so happens to have the phone on him. How do you just so happen to have the phone on you? You were doing a walk with Pepper in the park. Did you think something might pop up that you would need to call Cap? I just thought that was just like, all right, guys, come on now. All right. Hey, Juwan, so technically, he, he could have used didn't, his didn't, to call Cap. Didn't Thanos have the Power Stone at the beginning of the movie? That's the one from Guardians didn't, of the Galaxy, right? So I think he had that, and that's how he whipped Hulk fast, right? I don't. Think no, he, he didn't use it. it. No, he didn't use it. That's what. So was he just did he just like have it in his pocket or something? Because like the no, next no, no, thing no, no, they no. show him, he has it on the on the, I, on the gauntlet, I, don't he? So no, it was, was in the gauntlet. The yeah, he he no, he was beating him up without using it. He never once, you know, raised his fist and was using it. He was just pounding him, just right. Just the Russo said the Russo said they wanted to showcase how strong Thanos was um, because a lot of people who don't know of the character would have been like, well, he needs the stones to be strong. And it's like, right. no, he doesn't. He, he doesn't at all. Um, he could kill the Hulk with, without a gauntlet. 
Um, so that's what they said they wanted to show. That's why the first person you see him demolish is mm-hmm. the Hulk. Because remember, Thor is already defeated. Um, he's just kind of just ragdolling. And then you see him take down the Hulk just to show you, like, you guys think the Hulk is the strongest Avenger, right? Okay, well, yep. I just took down Thor and Hulk. So wipe that out of your mind. Um, so See, you use the Power Stone. That's why the Infinity War just sets the bar so high compared to the, all of the other movies because it just showed you that the Russo brothers were not messing around. They started off the movies on such a scary and um, just on the note that just sends off this tone for the rest of the movie to show you, oh, wait, this we're not messing around here. This is very, very serious. So, yeah, uh, it, that's a good point that you made, though, about the, the stone because I, I was paying attention to that, and he wasn't using it at all while he was beating up the Hulk. Right, which I will say that's the one thing that bothered me about the Russos. Um, where that power stone was would have been really cool to see how he got it. Um, yeah. And I always just felt like it was it was robbery, that we never saw how he got <laughs> that stone. But we saw every other stone. Um, yep. We saw him get every other stone. It's like, no, I wanted to see you destroy the Nova Corps. So then that could have possibly been the birth of Nova um, mm-hmm. for Guardians 3. He could have been like, you know, they were like, we needed to find a protector, someone to protect us when things like that happen. That could have given birth to Nova. But no, Russo brothers. You robbed us of that. Um, was it, was anybody else as surprised as me to see Red Skull on uh, Vormir? Because oh my gosh, I, had, yes. I completely had for, I forgot about him completely, and then when I saw him pop up, I was like, oh, oh, that, oh, let me. You know what? I need to go back and watch this and see what had happened to him back in Captain America to see how he had gotten there because I, I thought he was dead. It's yeah, surprising hey, yeah, because say, Hugo Weaving was pretty vocal about not liking playing that character. So I was like, how did they get him back? And then they found yeah. out the guy that was doing a Hugo Weaving impression really well. I Can I say something? I saw him on the screen. He, oh, go ahead, Tia. Oh, no, no, no. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just want to say this is like an unpopular opinion probably. But I was just like, meh. When I, saw, I didn't really care about like the Red Skull character. And I know like oh everyone is freaking out. Like, what did you guys think when you first saw Red Skull? And I'm like... Oh, speed it up a little, guys. All right, I'm really not caring about this scene right now. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> no, I mean, I remember when I first saw him appear on the screen, I ver- I, that was the first time while I was watching the whole movie that I was verbally loud, when I was like, what? Because I, man, that was just something that, you know, like Mike was saying and Don was saying, you just, you weren't expecting that at all. That's why I love Infinity War so much, because they were throwing you all these different stuff at your face, but it's good stuff that just makes you you just love the plot of the movie even more and you know the way that they used them you know it was pretty smart and it made sense and I think that's why it ended up working for that particular scene you know we all know what happened there um but no yeah I I loved it I thought it was just it might have been the fan service kind of thing but I it worked on me so I I have no complaints about it (laughs) I loved it purely because um it was the Russos, well, it was not necessarily the Russos, but it was Feige's way of telling you, like, hey, guys, don't ever think you're getting Red Skull back. Like, anyone who <laughs> thinks he's going to create masses of evil or anything like that, get it out of your head. Not happening. Um, we completely misused Red Skull, and we misused Zemo. 
Like, don't worry about mm. either one of those guys <laughs> doing Masters of Evil. Get it out. Because I remember um, a, a lot of people speculated um, when they heard that Red Skull was going to be in Infinity War that we could maybe get the birth of Masters of Evil. Um, and I remember saying, like, I don't know if I like Red Skull leading the Masters of Evil over Zemo. Um, and since Zemo's not dead, you could still put Zemo in a costume. Um, but then when I saw Red Skull and I'm like, oh, you made him a ghost, kind of? Oh, <laughs> that sucks. Um, but it was, a, it was a good way to kind of close up that Red Skull um, storyline because everyone was like, okay. after the first, uh, first Avenger, um, the first Captain America movie, was like, well, whatever happened to him? Like, he just disappeared. He didn't die. He just disappeared. Um, mm-hmm. Infinity War was their way of saying, here's where he went. Don't think you're ever going to really see him again. And it was just like, ah, uh, that sucks. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a really good fan service a, and a great callback, too. Um, before I move forward, I do want to ask you guys individually something, see if you guys know this, since you all loved Infinity War so much. The opening of the movie, the call distress, does anyone know whose voice that was? I'll give you a hint. He was a director in the MCU, directed one of the MCU films. No idea. Anyone? I have no clue. No one? No, I had no idea that that this was actually a person that we would know. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh, uh, the the guy who directed the first Thor or second Thor. He was I the voice. I think it was, was the first call. Thor. Yeah. Yeah, he was a distress call. That's why it was forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, just like his first Thor film. Um, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> no, no, but angles. The first Thor film is Oscar worthy compared to Thor: yeah. The Dark World. It's forgettable. I'm gonna be honest. If someone asked me, like, do I have to watch all 22 movies before Endgame? I would, I would immediately say, all right, here you go. All right, if you had like a bag of marbles and they were labeled MCU films, we're gonna go ahead and pluck First Avenger out for that one there. We're going to go ahead and pluck out Iron Man 2 and 3, pluck that there. We're going to take out both the first two Thors. You can throw those <laughs> out. Watch everything else. That's, that's I don't exactly think what I thought. I have to disagree. You cannot throw out the first Thor movie simply because it sets up Loki, who is the greatest thing ever. Just saying. <laughs> In case you guys didn't know, I'm a Loki fan. So the first that's Thor fine. Do you know what I would say to him? To be mm-hmm. fair, you know, I would say then, I would say fast forward um, past any scene that doesn't have Tom Hiddleston in it. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah, you really no, no, no. I, <laughs> I, do that, I do that anyway when I watch the first four. I'm like, yeah, 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 Jane, okay, blah, 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 Darcy, blah, 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 let's get to the Loki part. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the best way to watch that that uh, that first door. Um, but all right, mm-hmm. let's, let's move on. All right, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with mine since it seems like three of you have Infinity War, seemingly. Am I wrong? Three of you have Infinity War as your pick? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, right? Okay. So. All right. So I think me and Dom are the only ones that are going away from Infinity War. Um, yeah. so I'll go first. Then I'll go to you, Dom. Then I'll do um, to everyone else. Um, I'm going to go with the first Avenger. Um, mm. I desperately want to go with Civil War. I desperately wanted to go with that movie. I just rewatched it. Um, I have to go with the first Avengers. Everything about that movie was just unbelievable to me. I, I still 
feel like it's a dream that that movie ever happened. Um, that one shot of all of them back to back was beautiful. And then yes. the line, the line of uh, Cap giving out instructions and then looking at Hulk and going, Hulk, uh, smash. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I remember saying at that point, I was just like, wait, is he going to say, like, the great Captain America call, call tag that um, he says when all the, the, the team members are together? And I was like, oh, no, he's giving out directions. This sucks. But let me see what he says. And then when he's like, Hulk, smash. I was like, oh. And then Stark's line to, uh, to Hawkeye. Um, what did he say? Clinch up Legolas? I was Clinch like, oh, Legolas. that was beautiful. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Um, it was just, it was, it was so well done. It was so well done. Um, the introduction of, of the Avengers all coming together I thought was great. And then the, the shot that we get, that was a callback from if anyone's ever played Marvel's Ultimate Alliance of Iron Man using his uh, repulsor beam against Cap's shield and it deflecting the blast off to, to hit the, um, the villains. I was just like, so much of this, Josh Whedon was just like, all right, Feige, how much can I geek out? And Feige was like, you have all the control. And he was like, all right, cool, I'm doing everything as a callback to anything geek-related uh, in this MCU world, uh, or this Marvel world, rather. Excuse me. I thought Loki was phenomenal. I thought that was, mm-hmm. the, to that point, that was the best Loki. Um, obviously, yeah. I kind of feel like Ragnarok might have been a better Loki, and then Infinity War before he died was a better Loki, but still uh. an amazing Loki. Um, I love the – one thing I did hate was Marvel always had the right to scroll. They don't own the rights to Super Scrolls. So the rumor was they originally were going to go with Scrolls as, mm. um, as Thanos' army instead of the um, Chitauri. Oh, the Chitauri. Um, and I, I always look back at it and I'm like, I'm kind of glad they didn't, but I'm also really angry that they didn't because the idea that Thanos uh, was using his power over the Scrolls Excuse me. That could have been that could have been set up so perfectly for Captain Marvel and and everything going forward. But still, I thought it was great. It was, it was used great. I also loved that was the first time I remember Iron Man two. I think did it. But seeing Stark land on his like I guess like a helipad um, at the beginning of the movie and to see how the suit was taken off of his body oh, was yeah. so mm-hmm. freaking cool. Oh, cool. I was just like, oh my goodness, Stark like. Iron Man overnight became as popular as Batman, which I never thought was possible. Think of Marvel from, from back then. It's like X-Men, specifically Wolverine, Spider-Man. Like, that was who everyone knew. Um, and then, like, overnight, after the first Iron Man movie, everyone was kind of like, all right, who is this guy? Second Iron Man movie, then Avengers. Iron Man quickly, very quickly became super popular. Um, and they just found ways to continuously make them cool. And then we get one of the best lines we had in the um, the MCU. It's, um, oh, God, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but um, if we can't save the world, you'll be damned uh, damn sure, damn sure we make sure we avenge it. it. Right. I was just like, oh, yes. You tell them, Stark. Uh, like I was going crazy in that theater. I think uh, I went to like a very early in the morning uh, showing of it. So it was like two people. And I remember just like <laughs> screaming my life away. Um, but this movie was just so well done. Um, Hawkeye was 
a waste, but I, I think we all probably saw that coming. Um, it, it was just, it, it was so much fun. And then you get to the end credit scene. I, I'll never forget this. Um, I thought the, the guy behind it was Kang the Conqueror. So I'm watching it and I'm like, when he says um, to challenge them is to court death. I was just like, hold on now. And then he turns around and smiles and I'm like, it's Thanos. Oh my God. <laughs> They're setting up the infinity war, uh, the infinity war saga. This is going to be insane. Um, I still to this day was just like, how did I ever think it was Kang the Conqueror? Like, how did I not pick up that it was Thanos? Um, but it was so well done. It was a great kickoff to um, to what later became the Infinity War saga. And that movie will always have a special place in my heart because it was the first time seeing it done the right way. Mm-hmm. The same way, whenever DC gets their heads out of their butts and we get an actual good Justice League, that to me will be historic um, because it's the first time seeing Everyone, all the members, including this one's for you, uh, Mike Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, let's hope we live that long. All at <laughs> once. Yeah, together <laughs> all at once. That to me is historic. Um, so to me, this movie is historic. It, it has a, a place in Smithsonian. I think Infinity <laughs> War is one of those that you just go. It's like it's an amazing movie. Loved it. Visuals, everything. But to me, Avengers is a Smithsonian piece because it's something mm. we never thought we would ever see. Mm. Um, I, I stopped talking like someone was going to, like, pick up after me. I forgot to pass it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have a mo- – oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Agree with everything that you said. I would put Avengers, the very first one, as um, my top five movies of the MCU universe. But the thing is, the reason why it's not my favorite and why I said that um, uh, Infinity War – was my favorite was because the first half of the movie I had a problem with the pacing and it was kind of hard for me to get into it as as with Infinity War it, like it was a lot more easy for me to get into the movie and the plot and what was going on and engaging with the characters the second half of the first Avengers was magnificent I loved it like that was when I started really getting into what was going on I was enjoying all the jokes the seriousness of the, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff that happened that, you know, caused the movie to be a little more serious. And um, then I started loving the movie. And I loved the end, uh, you know, the fight scenes. And then when they finally uh, catch Loki and just seeing them all together in one, one screen, it, it, like you said, it's, it's never been done before. And they managed to do it successfully. So um, that would be my only complaint. It was just like, for me, whenever I would watch Avengers, I would, there's always, like, a part of me that wishes I could just fast forward to, like, you know, the, the second half of the movie, because that's when I really started loving it. So, but, yeah, Avengers is, like you said, it's iconic, it's historic, and if it wasn't for Avengers, we wouldn't be here today. Right. That's, to me, what, what makes it a Smithsonian piece, is that it's not hard to believe that we'd have, like, Black Panther, all these characters in one movie, because Avengers is what made it uh, is what made it normal. So it was mm-hmm. like, all right, Avengers, and then you kind of expanded a bit in Age of Ultron, and then Infinity War, you completely expanded. But they just kept like uh, raising the raising the bar. But the yeah. first Avengers set the bar, and that's why yeah. to me it is historic. Um, same way I, I view the first Iron Man to be historic, because if that movie flops, we're not here today. 
Um, yeah. So it, it sets up so much. And I remember, I remember this like clockwork. I wasn't doing like Geek Vibes Nation didn't exist, of course, none of that. So it was like I remember them saying after the movie how they were able to hide Samuel L. Jackson. Um, they would cover him up, walk him into, you know, walk him onto to set. Um, he would do his lines. They would cover him back up, walk him to his car. So no one ever saw who that person was that was completely covered. Um, mm. so that was their way of hiding that Nick Fury was in the end of, of Iron Man. Um, so I, I always was just like, that is so freaking cool. When I see <laughs> the end of this movie, and he's like, you think you're the only hero out there? Um, mm. And then he's mentioning the Avengers Initiative, and I'm just like, oh, my life, what's, what's going on? Are we getting <laughs> Avengers? Um, and then I, I, love I, it. I quickly... I quickly was irritated with the Incredible Hulk in credit scene. Tony goes to General Ross and he's like, what if I were to tell you we were putting a team together? And I'm like, why are you telling General Ross this? Like, he's the Red Hulk or something. Like, he can help you. <laughs> like, wouldn't it have made more sense for General Ross to come to you and say, can you help me stop Hulk? Um, and then he goes, what if I was to tell you we were putting together an Avengers initiative that could stop people like the Hulk? That would have made mm. a lot more sense. I'm like, mm. what, would, what was Feige and the directors of Incredible Hulk thinking? Like, it just made no sense. Why would he go to Ross to tell him about this program like Ross is a superhero? It's just, it was weird. I'm sorry. I got off track. But that will forever, like, make no sense to me. Um, but, Tia, I, I'm going to go to you. Your thoughts on me picking the first Avengers? Oh, I mean, it's a great pick, obviously. Um, I wanted to comment on something you had said a little earlier where you had said that um, uh, Thor Ragnarok may be the best Loki that we've ever gotten. But So the thing is with Avengers, the first one was the best uh, bad guy Loki that we've ever gotten. And he was, you know, killing a lot of people. I love, I still to this day absolutely love the scene where he walks into that, like, what is it, a, a a ball, a gallery, I don't know, in Germany or something. And he, like, yeah. literally just walks in, and all of a sudden you just see whatever the fuck he's wearing just transforms into his helmet and his, like, you know, whatever. I can't talk right now. Anyway, and he grabs the freaking... <laughs> but before that, when he grabs the guy and just, like, flips him over and literally is just, like, obviously taking out an eyeball while everyone's, like, screaming and running. And he almost gives, like, a smirk. I could go on about this movie just for him alone because I absolutely love, like, every interaction, talking about him getting underneath Natasha's skin, his interactions with uh, Thor, his whole plan on, you know, getting Hulk to Hulk out, but just everything. And I love how, like, they didn't, the Avengers didn't come together cohesively at first. They were arguing. I mean, you got Mm -hmm. uh, Tony Stark's arrogance, Captain America's, you know, optimism and you know we have to be soldiers and Tony's like we're not soldiers and you know or saying they're all weak little men pretty much I mean everything was just like so good the helicarrier scenes I mean everything about it um is obviously a fantastic and it sets everything up I mean we see the ramifications throughout the entire universe and I'm even going to throw this out there uh, even with the now uh, deceased uh, Defenders universe on Netflix, uh, most of what <laughs> the, er, 
the incident in New York was constantly mentioned. Wilson Fisk and Daredevil, his whole thing of rebuilding and shit was because of what happened in the first Avengers. Everything was set mm-hmm. up from there. Poor Phil Coulson died, and Captain America had to feel really bad because of the trading cards and everything. I mean, just everything about that movie is so good. But, yes, the Captain America costume is awful. When I first saw it, I was like, why didn't we just keep the one from Captain America, the first Avenger? Like, what the hell happened here? Who did this? Yeah, Josh Whedon, uh, I I don't know where what he was thinking with that costume. I guess he was thinking, like, he's like the, you know, the, the definition of America and the flag is so bright. And it's just like his suit didn't need to be that bright. And the suit is really <laughs> ugly. Um so I, I remember every time I kept watching Cap in, in that movie, I'm just take the headpiece off, take it off, take it, rip it <laughs> off, oh, please, so rip it right off. It was killing me. I was just like, oh my god, I hate this so much. That's why when the Russo brothers took over with um, Winter Soldier, you only saw him in that um, a little bit of that movie, like a little bit in the beginning and then a little bit at the end. They were kind of just like that headpiece is overrated. Just take it off, take it completely off. Um, but I will say to your point, Tia. Excuse me. That's why I was always confused when everyone was just like, MCU is so, you know, bright and, and rainbows and it's so kid friendly. I'm like, do you guys like forget Loki took a guy's eye out? Like they of course yeah. didn't show it, but it was like it was as close as you could get to showing it. Um, and he's smiling while he's doing it. I'm like, This is pretty dark. Like <laughs> if a kid's watching oh. this, I can see a kid turn away. Um, so like the the Marvel Cinematic Universe has not always been sunshine and rainbows. I, I never understood when people uh, used to stick that on them because I'm like, people they're, die a lot in these movies, <laughs> like a they're lot. They're just angry. They're just angry because they can actually see what's going on. They like. I was going to say the same thing. Oh uh, my god! So uh, there was a meme. I think I posted it in like ran- the random, you know, section of our class communication, whatever. Where it's like, I don't like DC movies. They're too dark. Well, there's destruction and death and Marvel's like, no, literally, I can't see what the hell is going on. <laughs> always, always. But, Juwan, wasn't also the scene in the forest between the three, you know, Tony Stark, Cap, and Thor, just absolutely amazing. That's such a good fight scene between the three yeah. of them. I love it. One of Iron Man's best sayings, that's why I'm like, uh, with great power comes great responsibility, is like, eh. Let's go with genius playboy uh, billionaire. What do you say? Genius playboy, playboy philanthropist. Philanthropist. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. Um, <laughs> the trailer, the trailer executes that line a lot better than he did in the actual movie. Um, but I, I loved it. I, I loved it. I loved the scene to where he's he's talking with Loki. That whole dialogue between the two of them was amazing. Where he's like, um, I have an army. And he's like, well, we have a Hulk. Um, that was that was awesome because um, you see Loki use that same line in Infinity Wars, so it's just like yes. these these movies are such callbacks to each other. Um, and and then I I personally loved when um uh when you see Hulk and Thor fight and you see Hulk try to pick up Mjolnir, I was just like oh if he picks this up this is gonna be so freaking awesome. Um, and then he it obviously couldn't and I was just like ah oh, God come on Hulk you're stronger than that. Um, but it was just awesome to see Hulk and Thor fight. I wish it lasted longer. Um, but it, it was just so much of that movie was just such a treat, such a treat. Um, and then we can't forget, does Mother know you wears her drapes? Like, it, 
Stark was so A plus in this movie. He was so money. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. He was so money. Um, But yeah, this movie, like I said, I I feel as though it belongs in in the Smithsonian. Um, I left off with you, Tia. Did I go to you, Mike? Not yet. Okay. Mike, you're up. Sorry, Mike. I just keep talking. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's fine. I don't want to. I got a whole other podcast. I got plenty to say in another place. It's not not a big deal to me if I get the uh, you sit baby in the corner for an episode. It's not a big deal to me. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm telling my age. See, Juwan, you put me in this mindset now. I don't think it's a spoiler for me to say that even after Endgame, that Infinity War and and the original Avengers are my two favorite Avenger movies still. And the thing is, is the shock that you get from people, and I think they forget how good that first Avengers movie was. It wasn't just good because it was better than they expected or, or good because it got us where we are. It's a good damn movie. It's still really yeah. good, caps, caps cop, bad cosplay aside, uh, which, by the way, none of us had a problem with it at the time, if I, if I recall correctly. Um, no, <clears throat> no one did, and that's, that, I'm glad you said that. Because honestly, I didn't at the time. It wasn't until after I started seeing everyone else's designs for his costume that I was just like, that was really It was awesome. after Winter Soldier. You saw it after Winter Soldier and you're like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I am pretty much – I was feel like I was raised on the school of Joss Whedon. I was a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, huge Angel fan, huge Firefly fan. I had always for years told people, you've got to check this guy's stuff out. I was bummed that he didn't get to make his Wonder Woman movie. I always felt like he was just like this hidden secret that I kind of knew about, kind of like how reading the Game of Thrones books and no one knew what it was. And I felt like I, I knew this special secret. Now everybody knows. That's kind of how I felt after Avengers came out. And all of a sudden people were like, hey, this Joss Whedon guy's pretty good. Uh, so it was really cool to me to see a lot of the same kind of dialogue and, and comedic moments uh, and, and action scenes done that I had seen done for years on television and seen him with an actual budget. And I just, I just don't understand why this movie just seems like it gets disrespected now. And guys, go back and watch it. It is still fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Tia mm-hmm. said everything about the first Thor movie sucked except Loki. I was lukewarm to Loki and Thor, but I, I loved them as the villain in, in Avengers. And I remember when I saw that he was going to be the villain, I was kind of like, ah, really? That's the best that they can do for for, for this team up movie. But he was great. And you know what? He's, he's gotten better since then. And, you know, RIP and all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> I don't understand why this movie just kind of feels like it gets swept under the rug. It is still a fantastic movie. And it's not just because of when it happened. It is awesome. It is still really good. I watched it again with my kid about two months ago. And I was like, I was hanging on to every word. I was like, this is fantastic. The dialogue is like airtight. You talked about the. Tony, it's just the the Tony, and you talk about the uh, Shakespeare in the Park scene. That is so perfect. There is not like a. You read that dialogue on paper, and you're like, "There's no way they're gonna be able to do this scene without me laughing, like in a bad way, laughing." And it is delivered so well because you got a guy like Robert Downey Jr. that can deliver a line like that. And yeah, I think it, Iron Man two had kind of been like, "Ah, oh, well, well, maybe maybe Robert Downey Jr. is back on the sauce. Who knows?" But <laughs> he was back on his A game in that movie, and, that, and yeah, it's just. It it worked better than I think it should have, but it also felt like a little bit of vindication for me because my group of friends that are just big time, I've always been accused of being a DC guy, uh, but my friends are big time Marvel honks. They were all like, "There's no way this movie's gonna work out." I'm like, I don't know, man. Trust in Joss Whedon. This guy's been doing ensembles on TVs for years. Just trust in him. I'm like, nah, nah, it's gonna suck. And then they're like, oh, it was pretty good. I felt like vindication for me personally, and uh, maybe that's a big reason why it's still so close. Uh, to, to my heart here in these rankings, but I have it as a top five MCU movie still. Mm-hmm. So good pick. Yeah, 
I, I'm completely with you, and, and I will say one one line in that movie that I think I favored um, almost the most was when they were in the um, the Quinjet, and <clears throat> Cap and Stark were somewhat trying to interrogate Loki, um, and then it started to thunder and lightning, um, and then Cap's like, "What's wrong, Loki? You're afraid of a little thunder?" And he's like, "I'm not oh, the what usually follows." And then you see Thor land, and I'm just like, "This is so." freaking cool like that that <laughs> line was so beautifully executed and to me one of the things and, and to to give props to josh whedon um like like you were saying mike is those lines have to be executed perfectly for them to work like these aren't just lines that you could just say and it's like oh that was just funny like no no no, they have to be executed perfectly so the way he was able to you know he was able to say like What's wrong with you? Like afraid of a little thunder? And he's like, I'm not overly fond of what what usually follows. And then you see Thor land. It's just like that was perfect. That was a great setup right there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And it's it it was great. I I loved it. Um, I am really curious, uh, Mike. Before we move on, your thoughts originally when you first saw it, or your first or second time seeing it. What were your thoughts on that end credit scene? Was that something that you were kind of just like? I'm on board with, or you were kind of like moving a little too fast, don't you think? Uh, well, I got an embarrassing story about this first. Um, real life got in the way, and I did not see this in the theater. Uh, it came out five days before my first son was born, and I was like, I did not want my wife to be 911ing me uh, while I'm in the middle of a theater telling me that my son's on the way. <laughs> so I just did not go. And then, if any of you guys have had kids, you know that first. The first couple of months with a kid, your life is completely a whirlwind. So I did not see this until it came out on Blu-ray, but you better believe I was like the digital release at midnight watching this bad boy. But um, <laughs> the end scene, honestly, at first I was like, I don't know who that is because you looked at it and I was like, you go back and look at it now and you're like, okay, yeah, that's pretty laughable looking, you know, the CGI at the time. Uh, I, I, I kind of liked where you were going with Kang the Conqueror because uh, I was just like, I'm not sure what this is. So I'll admit I didn't know who it was at, at, at first viewing. Uh, but as soon as I like, you're like, hey, who was that? And someone told me, I was like, oh, shit, Infinity War. You know, so, I mean, obviously I knew who it was. I just didn't know who it was when I saw it on the screen. Yeah, I, my only issue with Thanos at the time was <clears throat> my mindset was, again, me thinking Fox, there's no way Fox is ever going to give Marvel the rights to their characters back. So I'm like, if you do Thanos now, where do you go? Because if you start with Kang, it's like, all right, well, cool. You did Kang the Conqueror. He set up Thanos. Now from Thanos, like, it gives you time to where anything could happen. Um, you get the characters back. You share it, whatever. But it's like, if you don't get these characters back and you do Thanos now, you can't go to Kang the Conqueror um, because that's a step down. It's like, all right, well, hold on. You were able to, to beat Thanos, but you can't beat Kang the Conqueror? No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> So it's like you kind of were putting yourself in, like, such a tight space. And I would love to one day talk to Kevin Feige and ask him, like, if you never got these characters, if you never got the Fox characters back, what was next? Like, you could say Secret Wars, but to me, I never want Secret Wars if I can't get the, um, uh, what do you call the other scrolls? I I said it before, and I just completely went blank. Super scrolls? Yes, Super scrolls. Thank you. Uh, I need super scrolls. Like, don't just give me scrolls. That's boring. No, I need super scrolls. The scrolls that could take not only your look, but your powers. Um, so it was just one of those things where it was just like, where were you going to go? So yeah, I kind of thought they just shot the load on that. But I also think Feige was of the mindset of, if none of this works, 
we want to put our best foot forward. So we want to get as much good content out as possible in case one day people are like, I don't really care about superhero movies anymore. Obviously that never happened. Um, but I just I, I didn't know if they left themselves room to do anything after Thanos. Um, so that was my original thought. But I'm like, if you start with Kang, that's such a perfect character because he can open the door to so many things. Um, and, you know, we, we know what happened. Of course, we're not going to spoil anything here. Um, but Kang being a villain would have worked uh, so much for Endgame. Um, and that's all I'll say. It just it would have been perfect. Um, but, yes, let me, let me end there before I start to forget that not everyone's seen this and I begin to spoil <laughs> it. Um, all right. Let's, um, Mike, I'm actually going to go to you because um, I don't know if you've ever uh, – no, I'm sorry. First, I want to go to Dom. Dom, I went with the first Avengers. What, what, movie, what Avengers movie were you going with? Because it differed from Infinity War. Yeah, so mine is actually Age of Ultron. Wow. Uh, <laughs> All right. Interesting. I, yeah, I like the uh, – I'm, I'm really big on that, the whole um, technology taking over dynamic because not, not only one because it's interesting to me, but because it kind of also relates. To, with the Captain America movies, they're very good at relating what's happening in our own reality to – the comic book reality on screen and with technology kind of taking over and with like governments trying to overprotect and thoughts of that happening, seeing that on screen and seeing how that could happen, it it was kind of interesting to me. And I kind of like, um, I like James Spader's uh, awkward, creepy voice that he, uh, I mean, I guess it's his regular voice now, but uh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, I mean, one of my favorite scenes is the one where they're all, Drunk and and then, uh, playing around with you know trying to pick up uh, Thor Thor's hammer and then yeah. you know here comes the the ragged oh, robot awaken and gives his little speech on how you know you know what do you say uh, uh you know you are worthy you're you're all killers and they're like yo uh, Tony yo what, this is your boy I don't know what's going on I don't know who that is but he looks like you just broken. Uh, but yeah, I, I know it's not like a very uh, popular <laughs> one, but no, I, 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 and it kind of you know it did do a, a decent job setting up. You know, you see, um, what was the the guy Wakanda? From, it's been the Wakanda. Yeah, you know Wakanda, and you had uh, what's the guy with the laser on? Claw. Claw. Well, Claw. Yeah, and then you know. Civil War with the whole Sokovia Accords, and I, I wasn't a big fan of how they did, uh, you know, Wanda and um, Quicksilver, especially with you just had uh, one of the X-Men movies come out, so now you got two Quicksilvers on screen, and it was like, eh. one was clearly way, was way better. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and, and if they were made in a lab, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that, but overall, I was a fan. I will say this. I will say this, Tom. I respect that pick. That is not a pick I was expecting to hear on this show, um, <laughs> which is why I respect it a lot more. Um, yeah, I love it. I, I honestly have to tell you, there is not one redeemable quality of this movie um, that I enjoyed. <laughs> there was nothing. I, I, I didn't like Ultron because all you did was make a carbon copy of Robert Downey Jr. Um, True. And I, I, I hated it because I'm like, you now – 
instead of telling James Spader to completely make Ultron your own, you're just having James Spader repeat lines of Iron Man. Like, that's literally all he was trying to yeah, do yeah. was become a more sinister version. It's like if Iron Man were to be evil, that's what Ultron was. And I, I think I'm a little biased of my hate of that movie because I went into it not liking that Stark created Ultron and not Hank Yeah, Pym. I hated that right. so much. I still to this day hate that, knowing that we have Hank Pym, and you, you couldn't wait. To, to introduce Hank Pym first in that and say, like, you could have you could have easily just went with dialogue and said, Stark could have said, um, my dad always spoke about this, this guy named Pym, like Hank or something, um, who had these original designs for, for this, this AI. And then you could have you then went from there that Stark created him in his own image, and I would have been okay with that. But to completely right. ignore the fact that Hank Pym is the reason Ultron existed in the comics hurt me deeply. Um, the beginning scene I thought was overrated. I thought, okay, I'm watching Thor and Hulk punt human. Like, I don't see what I'm supposed to enjoy from this. Like, I just saw oh, Hulk yeah. kick a human in his chest, and I'm like, there's no way that guy's still alive. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, it, none of it just really, I, I don't know. And it gave birth to what I think is possibly the worst accent I have ever heard. Um, and it's no disrespect to Elizabeth, um, who I think is a really good actress. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know what Josh Whedon was thinking. I want to say he was thinking Russian, but it doesn't really sound Russian. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know Russian. Um, so I'm like, it was horrible. Um, and then Hers throughout, was awesome compared to his, though. You didn't see that coming? <laughs> yeah, that was just, that was that was bad. That was really bad. Um, and then the idea of, like, Quicksilver is so fast. Like, if you ever watch just one episode of The Flash and you see how easy it is for Barry to just grab bullets out of the sky, you kind of just go, well, is Quicksilver really that fast? And, and it's You're right. Like, listen, maybe listen, it's slow. Let me interject for one second because I don't know how yeah, true it is, but I read, I read this fun fact recently that the studio fought with Josh Whedon he wanted Quicksilver to die, but the studio didn't. And then apparently there's, like, an alternative version where Quicksilver lives, but ultimately the studio's like, you know what, Josh, you do you. And he's like, yes, I'm going to kill off Quicksilver, and that's what happened. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a little salty at that, Josh Whedon, right? I'm in, like, mm. minority here who actually likes Quicksilver. God damn it. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. I kind of feel as though Wanda has always been a backseat since she's um since she's entered the MCU. I think. Oh, definitely. I think um I think an added layer to her character, especially in this Infinity War saga, um between Infinity War and Endgame. I think a way to have really unlocked uh Wanda is if Thanos was the reason she lost Vision and Quicksilver. Like picture if um. Spoiler if I say it. Okay, I'm not going to say that. But just picture if um, Quicksilver died within Infinity War or Endgame um, and Wanda felt as though Thanos was responsible. I think it would have added a deeper layer uh, to that character. Because um, to me, it was just like you introducing mutants and calling them, what do they call them? The, uh, not the gift. Miracles. They call them something. The miracles. Enhanced and they weren't Fucking even they weren't even created 
in a lab. It was the, the idea of they've had this power, but they've unlocked it. And I'm just like, wait, are you giving birth to mutants, Kevin Feige? Is that what you're telling me here? Um, I just I, I didn't even like the Hulk versus Iron Man battle. I deeply hated that. I thought it was just it was visually visually it was boring to my eyes. And I was just like, you could have just done Thor versus uh, Hulk right there. Would have been way better to watch. Way better to watch. I think um, the, the one the one scene that I didn't like was like there was kind of like I don't know why they did it was when they're all about to suit up and then Quicksilver was like, Oh, I got a T shirt and some shoes and Wanda's like, Oh, I got a new jacket and I was like, That's it? Like that suddenly gave me something better. Oh yeah, not not even to mention that they coincidentally both fit them. Like those were Hawkeye's <laughs> yeah. clothes and those were widows' clothes that just so happened to fit them. Um, I've always hated that. Like if you watch Terminator and he walked by like a store and it's like he looks at the the um like the uh what do you, the mannequin and it's like oh yeah. those clothes just so happen to fit him. It's like <laughs> all right, come on, like have him walk through the store and find something that fits him. Like this this. this be a little realistic here. Yeah, um, since no, you guys are all being mean to the new kid, can I help Dom out here a little bit? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Go ahead, Mike. Absolutely. Look, I think that this – okay, look, it does have its faults. But the the fact that I always see this, like, ranked, like, down there with, like, Thor 2 is hilarious, guys. <laughs> I think that this movie came out at a point where we had started to get spoiled. Imagine if this movie had come out in, like, 2002 or something. We would have lost our damn minds about how amazing it is. But like Guardians 2, which – Another movie that gets undeserved criticism. I will, I will I die like on that note forever. I think it's now you had expectations, and you thought, how can you possibly follow up that? Yes, it had a lot of problems, but it's nowhere near Thor two that, that I, I constantly mm-hmm. see people talk about it like that. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has some problems. I always viewed the uh, the Quicksilver thing as, yeah, okay, Fox kind of stole our lunch on that one, so we're going to let them have that one. Uh, about the Hulk and, and Tony fight, I feel like that was them trying to dunk on DC because everybody had clowned on them about Man of Steel completely wrecking the city and not paying attention to civilians. Because like they make a point three times, and there's no civilians in the area, and Tony scans the building, says there's no civilians. I think that's why that, they were just trying too hard on that point. Now, I think that was the first time they had kind of gotten kind of cocky that and Thor's like magic bath and stuff. But guys, it was still not that. But you go back and watch it now. It's not that damn bad. I constantly see it rated so low. I'm going to be Sorry, completely Joel. honest with you. Um, knowing that we were doing this show, I did rewatch it. I still don't like it. I, I won't say it's <laughs> no, Dark it's World. Fine. It's just, it's um, not. Rewatch Dark World, Juwan. Do that for me, and then we'll talk. No, 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 no. No, let me say this. Let me say this. If we're talking just Marvel movies, period, like not, not even boxing it into the MCU, I don't think MCU has made a movie that will ever be worse than that first Hulk movie. Um, I mm-hmm. really don't think any superhero movie is really worse than that first Hulk movie. Um, yeah, that's pretty so, yeah, that movie was just like, all right, wait, hold on. You have so much talent. Why was this movie so bad? Like, why? Um, but yeah, that that was to me was the worst one of the one of the worst superhero movies ever made. No, I do not think Age of Ultron is worse than Dark World. Not much is worse than Dark World. Um, <laughs> but I will say, Age of Ultron to me seemed like Whedon faced the same issue Snyder did with BVS. He had an mm-hmm. idea on exactly what he wanted to do. And Feige came downstairs and was like, hey, 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 calm all that down, calm all that down, shut up. No, you're going to do this. 
And you're going to do the like fast Whedon, thing. Right. And it looked like Whedon did the best he could with what he was forced to do. Because um, I don't know if you remember this, Mike. Whedon wanted to have um, a bunch of Avengers in Age of Ultron. Yeah, he wanted Wasp. Um, yeah. Cap- he wanted Wasp. Captain Marvel was one of them. Uh, and Feige was like, no, shut that down, shut that down, shut that down. Um, yeah. So I don't blame any of this on Whedon. I just think it was a bad MCU Avengers movie. That's all I equate to it. Um, I do put some on Whedon because the writing, I think, was not the greatest. Um, and he oversees that. Uh, he doesn't No, there's bad people in Buffy, too, it. man. The, guy, the guy, guy does make mistakes sometimes. Sometimes he gets a little too, oh. too high on his quips, and that movie definitely had too much quippage. Oh, 100%. 100%. But I do think dialogue-wise, there were some great moments. Um, dialogue-wise, purely just dialogue um, that came out of that movie. But I just, I, if you told me I had to sit down and, and like, watch it, um, like, more than once, I would tell you, like, no, I, I, I can't do that. Like, it's just, to me, I'd even say that whole scene where they're trying to pick up meal in there, just, it, it just didn't do for me, I guess, what it might have done for, for other people. Um, yes, was it Fun, funny to see these guys try to pick up the hammer and Thor just kind of come in and like, I know the the reason. You guys just aren't worthy. Um, sure, I guess. I, I think the more comical thing that came out of that entire sequence was um, Stan Lee kind of baiting Thor into giving him uh, that liquor and then completely getting wasted from it. Um, I think I enjoyed that more than anything else. Um, I All right, last, last one before I let you close this down is do you think yeah. the fact that this probably had the best trailer I've ever seen for a superhero movie, that that brought it down some for you? Oh, 100%. 100% because it came off way darker than the movie actually was. That trailer was um, phenomenal. The trailer was beautiful. Again, I tell you guys this all the time. One of my guilty pleasures is that I, for years, let Michael Bay in his um in, in his uh hmm. his marketing of trailers trick me into spending my money on Transformers movies. Every <laughs> last one of them. Every <laughs> last one of them without fail. And I felt like Age of Ultron did the same thing. Like the trailer set it up to where I'm like, wait, they're going dark, Ultron is in it, Ultron's about to wreck people and then like it felt like a Michael Bay movie by the end of it because Ultron looked like Megatron. And then it was just like, what am I watching here? Um, so, yes, I, I will say, Mike, that did not help in any sense because uh, the trailer kind of made it seem like, you know, you're about to see, like, the darkest MCU movie to date. And then you see it, and you're kind of just like, you're making, you're trying to make me laugh a lot. Like, what what if this is supposed to be dark? Um, yeah, in, I, in hindsight, it definitely does seem like they originally wanted to do Ultron kind of like Thanos, and they are like, wait, we have Thanos later, so – Let's chill out a little bit and let him die, and we'll have Thanos kill some people. Right. I mean, because if you think about it, if you think about it, and this is again no disrespect to the to the the characters or the actors playing them, Loki was campy, Ultron was campy. I think they made them both campy to make uh, to separate um, the feeling that Thanos gives you than any other villain has ever given you in the MCU. So you knew that the bar was going to be set at Thanos, not anyone else, at Thanos. And that's why I, one of the biggest things I hate of, of the MCU is that 
on your journey to Thanos, you've wasted and then killed so many good villains you could have properly used down the road. Um, and it's a waste. It just it was truly a waste. Um, and I think getting James Spader to give a very haunting performance as, as Ultron, um, to make that not that good in my eyes was like, you had to try really hard to do that. Like, it's hard to make James Spader look uninteresting. Um, mm-hmm. And you succeeded in that. Um, so I respect your pick. Um, I, I truly do. That end <laughs> credit scene blew my mind. I was just like, oh, my God, is he putting on the freaking gauntlet? Yes, it's go time. Um, so I love that. Uh, if I'm picking something good to say something good about it, um, <laughs> it was that. It, it, it was that. Um one last thing before we move on. I also didn't like that it it spent the entire movie telling you, like, hey, guys, Hawkeye's about to die. And then you, boom, Quicksilver dies. I was just like, wait, hold on. You just introduced Quicksilver, and you think killing him makes us feel anything? We just mm-hmm. met the guy. Like, <laughs> Hawkeye would have been the guy you killed that makes us go, oh, no, not Hawkeye. Like, we just saw his family, his daughter and son were adorable. His wife had another kid on the way. And then you're like, nope, we're going to kill the guy that we know none of you are invested enough in to really <laughs> care about. And it was like, what? <laughs> like, that makes no sense. And I'm like, Hawkeye was going to go out by the ultimate sacrifice. And I'm like, that, that's how heroes go. Um, and then it was just like, nope, Quicksilver. And it was just like, uh, okay, no. <laughs> Whoever okayed this, that's a no-no. You should be you should be spanked like that's bad no, um so yeah, I don't know what to tell you Dom. Me and you guys talk more about this movie. Maybe you can kind of change my mind a little bit, but God, so bad. Uh, right, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Mike, I'm sorry. Now I can come back to uh to you guys to to finish it out. Um, to give me your overall thoughts on why Infinity War was uh is the best Avengers film because that's what we have not come back full circle to. So we're back here now. <laughs> so I'll kick it to you first and then I'm kicking it over to Swaggy P. Um for you guys to tell me why <laughs> Avengers um Infinity War is the best Avengers film. All right. Well for those who don't know me, I have somewhat of a reputation as the horror guy. I'm that dude that cheers for the bad guys while watching wrestling. Uh, I read Stephen King novels for fun. I think Darth Vader was just <laughs> misunderstood. So so when you're gonna have a movie that is this dark, in a universe of movies that for being honest, always kinda end with that little happy Disney bow wrapped on it at the end. I it's it's gonna be high on my list, but that's not to say the only reason I like this is because the bad guy wins. I mean there's more to it than that. Um, we talked about how good that, that, that Tony was in, in Avengers. I felt like this movie was the best Tony had been since the first Iron Man. And I mean, when he's going all out fighting Thanos, man, I about lost my shit. And that was even before, you know, he got stabbed. It was just like, okay, everyone's like, oh, you're just, what are you? You're just a guy in a suit. You know, I kept thinking back to that line and he's the only one who did any damage to the guy. He threw everything he had on him on Titan and just all those lines from Squidward to Earth is closed today. There's so many lines that I use in my regular <laughs> daily dialogue. Earth is closed today. I say that to my kids all the time. It's awesome. Um, also, the Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> that is my favorite series in the MCU. So the fact that this was kind of yes. like Guardians 2.5, I love that. I mean, come on. Why is Gamora? I've got a T-shirt that says, why is Gamora? Because that's just a great damn line. 
Drax absolutely slays in this movie. Um, <laughs> my biggest complaint with a lot of Marvel movies would always seem like what was what was it? usually the complaint when we complain about a Marvel movie? No one ever dies, and the, the villains are always forgettable. Well, this obviously had a very strong villain. It made it worth the worth the ten years waiting to get to this point. He delivered. Roland was awesome. He looks awesome. He sounds awesome. You want to talk about a guy that can deliver bad dialogue but make it awesome? That that's one of them. And whoever would have thought the brand from the Goonies was going to be this good? I mean, it's just bring it up there. <laughs> but then then again, character. You want to talk about characters dying? Wow, man. I looked around in the theater and saw like kids with Spider-Man T-shirts crying leaving the theaters. I was like, <laughs> Aww. I was like laughing and like rubbing my hands together like like Mr. Burns or Simpsons. <laughs> or something. Um, this is because, like I said, I am such a horror guy, so I just I, I take delight in other people's horror. But I think what looking at this from a different point of view, I look at someone like my six-year-old son, and this is his Star Wars. Okay, this is like what it was like for me growing up with Star Wars. He doesn't know that there's sequels coming. He don't care that these are actors. I mean, this is this is real to him. If he saw Robert Downey Jr., oh my God, that's Iron Man, right? You know, he doesn't know that they've got a Doctor Strange two or a Spider Man two coming. He was absolutely destroyed at the end of this movie, and I thought this is his Empire Strikes Back moment. When I was a kid and I saw Luke, I am your father, it blew my mind, and we had to wait three years, you know, not one year, to find out what happened. So. He was so upset. He goes stomping up the stairs, and I'm like, you okay? I think they're going, they'll get him back in the next one. He's like, who cares? They can't beat anybody. I hate the Avengers. You know, he was just <laughs> devastated. By this. So I was like, this was his Empire Strikes Back moment because, I mean, I spent three years in denial. Darth Vader's liars. No way it could be true. There's no way. There's no way. You know, so I respect it because I feel like it is the Empire Strikes Back of the MCU, and I think that you talk with the Star Wars comparisons kind of staying there. That's my favorite Star Wars movie. It always will be. I don't see how I'm ever going to move this one out of my top spot because, well, honestly, Guardians is still my favorite, but this is my favorite Avengers movie for sure. And I just, there's so many things to love about it, but just the fact that I felt like it was the first time there were real stakes and we didn't get that shiny, happy ending like we've been used to. Like you could have took a bathroom break during Captain Marvel or Doctor Strange and come back and known exactly probably what happened because of the formula. This said, you know, the hell with the formula. We're going to turn that on its head here, and you're just going to be completely wild. And I didn't think they had the balls to do it. When we did our preview show for it before it happened, we said, what if this has the snap, and then it just it ends, the credits start rolling. It did one worse. It said, we're going to get the snap, and then we're going to watch all your favorite characters die. So, oh, yeah, this is, this is always – there's never going to be another one that has this kind of am- impact on me, and probably not my kid either. Yeah, this is a game changer. <clears throat> this this was a this was also a bar setter. Um, it, it took you to a point. That's why it's like I think the smartest thing for Feige to do is take about five to seven years before you even remotely think about another Avengers movie, um, especially after Endgame. Um, because to me, I think if you do one too quick, um, we'll immediately hold it to the standards of Infinity War and Endgame. And if it doesn't meet or exceed it. We're, we're, we're going to do all over it. And it's just smart business not to put yourself in that situation. Um, let us digest. Because um, in-game to me, like even, even when I see Far From Home, um, that obviously is going to have a way different tone. It's going to be the fun, campy Spider-Man. Um, I, I still will, will have in-game in the back of my brain watching that. Like, oh, oh, I can't even see some of you people anymore. Like, oh, this hurts me. Um, so it, it's one of those things where it's like Infinity War left me to where I'm just like, all right, I know because we're in a business where you have to know. 
um, which I kind of really hate. Like, I, I, I hate when um, Canon will send me a, um, an article about something, and I'm like, ah, I kind of just wanted to see that in the movie. Like, ah, now that's ruined for me. Um, like, we're in a we're in a time where, it's like, information is just thrown out so much. It's like not Wait. much can surprise you. Um, so I kind of felt like Infinity War, I was thoroughly surprised on everything. On Gamora's death, I was surprised. Um, I was surprised on how dark she was getting with Peter, where she was like, um, you have to kill me. Like, if, if he gets me, you have to kill me. And I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa hold on. This is like, it's getting super dark. Um, you want him to kill you. And then, you know, when you get to Vermeer or whatever it's called, you see what she meant. And it's like, oh, yeah, you probably should have killed her earlier. Um, so it's just like so much about it was, was just great. And, and like you said, the Russo brothers found a way to be campy but dark at the same time. Like neither one outdid the other. It just blended. Because um, there was one so many you reminded me of, Juan. Uh, one more thing you reminded me of is where I said that I felt like they took characters that I was just kind of – we had our episode about what I didn't care for about Spider-Man Homecoming, but – Tom Holland solidified himself as Peter Parker in this movie for me. And if that wasn't tugging at your heartstrings, the, the, the now famous line that's been mean to death to where now it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Uh, when it happened, though, I mean, that was when I was like, okay, this kid can act. And yeah. I, I'm happy yeah. to have him as Peter, even if I'm not content with the direction that they're taking the, the Spider-Man movies. Uh, it's definitely nothing against Tom Holland. He really, really nailed what was like, okay, this is your second movie ever, and all of a sudden you're thrusting this movie with all these superstar actors. You got a scene with Robert Downey Jr., and hey, it's like your second movie ever or some shit, and you got to deliver this crazy, heart wrenching, emotional scene, and he nailed it. So, yeah. He improvised, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. That, well, that's what the Russo brothers said. They could be saying that just to make it, it hurt even more. Like, this kid just thought of it all on its own. No, hurt um, even more is James Gunn saying that, that Groot was saying dad when he disintegrated to Rocket. Uh, yeah, That's that really what makes it hurt even more. Hell with you, James no. Gunn. Jeez, that I was like, really I'm glad you got hurt. fired. Like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> that really did hurt. That hurt a lot. Um, but, yeah, I, it, Tom Holland nailed that. I, I mean, I, I think with if he doesn't, if he doesn't do that um, as well as he did, I don't think – like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a, a crier. I teared when I saw that. I was just like, "Oh, no! Come, come here! Come, come here! Let me hug you! Let, let, let me hug you right now!" Um, oh, I cried. It, it, it hurt so much. It, it was like, "Oh, you felt that." Um, and I, I think what made that that scene hurt more for me uh, to get me tearing was that in that in that scene there, I immediately remembered start telling him, um, "If something were to happen to you, I would feel like that's on me." Um, and for him to die in his arms was like mm-hmm. a part of Stark had to be gone. Um, and it was just like it hurt so much. Like if you watch Homecoming and then watch the end of Infinity War, it hurts even more. It hurts completely more. Um, so, But, yeah, I mean, I, I even love, excuse me, um, the fact that Peter came up with the idea that worked against Thanos. I thought that was hilarious. Um, he lands and he's like, just just for the record, my idea. This this is me. Like I love that. I love the um, the Guardians versus the Avengers. When um, he's like, who are you? He's like, we're the Avengers, man. Like he says that. Like oh, everyone around the you know the the universe should know who the Avengers are. Um, and then I, the line that literally had me laughing myself in tears. Um, 
when Stark asks as Star Lord something and he goes, What am I supposed to say? Jesus? And I'm just <laughs> dying. I'm just like, Oh my god. This is too much, man. This is too much. Um, but yeah, the the Russo brothers did an amazing job. Like I said, it's hard not to pick that. If it wasn't for the set, we wouldn't be here at Infinity War without the first Avengers. Um I would 100% pick this with you guys. Like, this would just be a show of us just talking about how much we love Infinity War. Um, and I was, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm invisible right now. So <laughs> That was hilarious. Because it was just like, Trax, you're not. Like, we see Loved you. It. And it's so uncomfortable. Trax killed in this movie. He did. I had um, never, I had never been more mad at a character when Star-Lord, like, ruined their plan. I was like, I really do? Like, I would have had some popcorn. I'd have been throwing it at the screen. <laughs> no, Dom, Dom, we're gonna get into it right now. I need to. I need people to stop blaming Quill for that moment. All right. Hi, stop Pike. blaming him. Stop blaming him. Yeah. <laughs> See, I I do get you. I do get you in a sense of if you followed his journey since the first Guardians, um, he just lost so much. He's lost his mother. He's betrayed by his father, lost his mother because of his father, lost Yondu, um, lost, you know, and then lost Gamora. So it's like all that just hit him at once. I get that. But it's like it was your plan, your plan, and we're three seconds away from achieving, um, Mm -hmm. you know, from succeeding from your plan. And you are the reason it got ruined. Like I get it. Yeah, but he I do get what Thanos you're saying. Grimace, and that was the greatest line ever. <laughs> okay, Say it again, Mike. He, he called Thanos Grimace. He, for for once, it was yeah. Tony coming up with a clever nickname. He called him Grimace, and I I laughed out loud in the theater. And people were like looking at me oh, like, 100%. "What?" And I'm like, "I'm older than you." <laughs> what are you saying, Tuan? Let me propose this. So, in Captain America's uh, Civil War, right? when mm-hmm. it looks like everything's going to be all good in paradise between Tony and Cap, and they're going around, and yada, 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 and then suddenly, you know, Tony sees the footage of his parents dying, right? And then he just goes ballistic and starts fighting against Cap and, you know, Buffy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Quill just essentially found out that the love of his life is dead, and this is the guy who, you know, caused it. On top of that, he's mourning over it. He's mourning when he was the one who is responsible for Gamora's death. And this is not behavior that we haven't seen from Quill. He did the same thing when he found out Ego put the tumor in his mom's brain. Like, yeah, and that was a is, bed. Oh, God. No, but I, I, I will say to your point, the only fundamental difference is the state. Um, Civil War, the stakes weren't weren't uh, the world could end. Yeah, I don't want to see any um, guy have a cool head when they find out that the woman they love has been murdering the guy standing right in front of you. I want you to be like, you know what? Hey, I'm calm, cool, and collected. Now you're gonna act a fool. Right? No, exactly. no, 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 no. I would never say that. My point is, if you just let me get the glove off, you can hit him as many times as you like. <laughs> just let me get the glove off. So I'm not saying Well, that doesn't that make for a very good movie, now, does it? No, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Um, but I never would say, like, losing someone, like, oh, just get over it. Like, we got a job to do. Like, no, if you would let me take the glove off, we could all punch him as much as we want to. And I promise you, we'll even let you kill him. But you have to let me get the glove off. Um, and, and that's what I think 
I blame Quill for because it's like you could have your revenge. Just let me get this off, and then you're good to go. You're good to go. Wail on him. Um, Hashtag not yeah, Quill's I mean, fault. Man. No, no, he was I just leaving. He was just being red in that moment, and all he wanted to do was just lash out because now at that point, Quill has lost his mother, his father's a jerk, his, you know, uh, pseudo-father, Yondu, is dead. So, you know what? The only person that he truly cared for in this life is not dead because of that. And again, the fact that Thanos had the audacity to sit there and say that he was mourning over this. No. Yeah. I did love that where she's like he's in mourning and he's like, What does this monster have to have have to mourn about? And it's like, um and then <laughs> if we wanna actually blame someone, we gotta blame Nebula. Like if Nebula was just like shut up, like Peter would have just continued <laughs> yeah. to ask him like yeah. what happened, what are you talking about? And then by that time they would have had the glove off and then Nebula would be like Ah, that's it. He killed Gamora. That's what I was thinking of. That's what. It, okay, yeah, he killed Gamora. Kept egging on, like, yeah, no, he went there with her. Okay, now it makes sense. All right, he went there with her. Came back without her. I think he killed her, Quill. And then it's like, shut up. <laughs> We're trying to get this glove off. Stop egging this guy on. Um, so no, but like I said, I don't blame him in the sense of everything would have been better if you didn't. Because who knows? Who knows? I mean, we've seen him take out the Hulk. Without without using the stones, so I'm pretty sure he could have ripped through those guys um, without the stones. It would have been difficult, but he could have done it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, everything you said. I think one thing I wanted more of was more T'Challa. Um, I wanted more mm-hmm. T'Challa. I, I kind of felt like he had more to give um, in this movie. Um, but what I did see from him, I, I loved, and I think one of the scenes that that. I think I, I cheered for out loud more so than anything was when it looked like Wanda was about to get defeated and then the train's moving, which was like really weird. Like the train just came out of nowhere. Where was that train at? Um, but the train starts moving and then you see Cap step forward, uh, trying to, you know, imitate solid snake the best way he could. Uh, yeah. I, I loved it. It was, it was freaking awesome to see Nomad. Um, and then just to see how serious and how broken he seemed. Um, and then just to see them completely destroy <laughs> destroy those guys. Uh, I, I will say the one thing that, that broke my heart of Infinity War was I'm a huge fan of the the Black Order. I loved them. I, I loved everything they did in the comics with those characters, and then they brought them into Infinity War, and you defeat them the same way the alien was defeated. Like, that's how you defeat <laughs> one of – that's how you defeat Ebony Ma. Like really, we're gonna disrespect him like that? I was so upset. I was hurt by that. Um, but yeah, Mike, is there anything else you wanted to to add for for um, Infinity War? You know, if I knew you were gonna ask that, I'd come up with some like really funny quote, but I don't have one. No, it's just it's awesome, and I I, I seriously don't see how they could ever top this. Not trying to sway anybody about in game or nothing like that. I'm just saying I don't see how they could ever top uh, Infinity War for me personally. Yeah, I mean, I think there were so many question marks um, for Infinity War. I don't think we uh, we have as well, many. Look at how many characters there were, we and they made it a coherent movie. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, everyone had great screen time. Like I didn't everyone feel like anyone really got yeah. shorted. Yeah, I don't think anyone really got truly got shorted. Um, 
you know, and that to me is what seems the hardest. I mean, it, it seemed hard to do it in the first Avengers with just what six of them. Uh, now you're talking about what doubling, doubling that, um, and, and it works. So it's like you got you got to tip your hat off. Um, and, and that opening sequence was, was beautiful. The dialogue was beautiful. Um, I just was like, whoever wrote this, like you can't write an opening sequence any better than how they just wrote that. Like that was great. Um, and then just to see Loki, and then I always say this, I loved how I felt like Thanos broke uh, the third wall, where he's like, no resurrections this time. And it's like, ah, Thanos knew we were going to assume Loki was just going to come back. Like he knew, you knew it. Um, so I, I thought that was that, that was brilliant. Um, but enough for me. Swaggy P, I want to hear from you. Um, mm-hmm. Why Infinity War was your pick? Well, see, I think you guys really hit it. Um, you know, you guys hit all the points that I, why I feel Infinity War is my favorite. Um, I personally liked how, you know, Mike talked about, uh, you know, the connection he had with his kid and the way that he feels about Infinity War. I just feel like this is something that when I have my uh, my future kids, this is something that I know I'm going to be sharing with them about. Like, hey, I was there opening weekend when this movie came out. I was there shocked to hear the news of, oh, my gosh, half of the whole world just got um, uh, just, just disappeared because of Thanos' snap. And for me, the fact that this, um, this fandom community just, just gets so excited and uh, wound up about this sort of, these, sort, these movies that um, they do such a great job of, delivering these performances of the characters, the storylines, just everything about it, the, um, visually how beautiful and colorful they are. Um, there, there's just so much that I can talk about why I love Infinity War so much. But uh, to me, it's just the fact that, you know, this is something that I hope to share with my future kids. Because for me, watching Infinity War, since I didn't grow up watching the original Star Wars trilogy, this was my Empire Strikes Back moment, and even though, you know, I'm, I'm clearly grown up, it's so much, and I never thought I would be able to experience something like that, in, you know, in a movie theater experience before, like my dad did when he was a kid watching the original Star Wars trilogy, and the fact that uh, I, you know, this is something that I want to give to my future kids, or even like, you know, just it's just something I can share with you guys, just talk about like how much these movies mean to us, it's just something really special, and I I, I really have Infinity War to thank for that. Yeah, Boy, it, I feel it's ancient funny. now. <laughs> it's funny you say that because, like, what I was thinking as you were saying that is, like, you always used to hear people, like, where were you when, like, JFK was, was assassinated? Like, for yeah. us, where were you when Thanos snapped? Like, where were you? You don't remember <laughs> that? Like, that's American history. When he snapped, where were you? Uh, <laughs> That's immediately what I thought of. I'm kind of like, our seems a bit different. Like, you know, not maybe as important as that, but, you know, right. equally of importance, I, I think. Um, but, yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's kind of like this is a piece of, I don't want to say cinematic history um, because you kind of look at superhero movies differently than your prototypical Oscar kind of films or, like, mm-hmm. Godfather, stuff like that. Um, but this is, this is, that was a moment that you can yeah. look back at 10, 15 years from now and just go, do you remember how freaking cool it was when Thanos snapped? And we were all like, oh, my God, there's no way you're, <laughs> you're killing all these new Avengers. 
Um, it's just going to be such a huge talk point. Um, and that's why I'm kind of like, if you're Feige, it's really, really, really slippery from here. Um, because now you've exceeded, and, and I'm sure you'll feel the same way after the end game uh, tonight, but you've now exceeded expectations back-to-back with, from going from Infinity Ward to Endgame. So it's like, so wherever, you go, <laughs> wherever you go next, the bar is so high. But that's yeah. why I, I told you guys, um, I don't necessarily disagree that Infinity War is somewhat a better movie than the first Avengers um, because it just it doubles down on something we thought we would never see. Like, if you told me when the first Avengers came out, like, yo, guess what? Like, you thought this was dope? Well, how about a movie that has the Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, uh, Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch? I'd be like, Spider-Man. I'd be like, shut up. That's never going to happen. Like, why would you ever try to get my hopes up like that? And it's like, you just give it time. It's, it's going to happen. And then, boom, here we are now. And it's like, this is amazing. Like, this is a great yeah. time to be alive. Um, for us geeks, everyone who's, who kind of looks down on this, kind of like, oh, I don't really get it. And it's like, well, you're stupid. Um, no, I mean, honestly, like, you know, with Star Wars coming out later this year, too, because I'm also a huge Star Wars fan, I just keep, you know, I, I now I'm thinking to myself, after 2019, what am I going to watch? Because <laughs> it's the end of everything, and so it's just like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to have to watch normal movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, after I, after I saw Endgame, I just sat in the dark for a while. Yeah, it's just like, what, what happens now? Like, what? I, I got to look forward to, like, Godzilla, like, ugh, like, no, I need, I need Don't even. give me another Avengers movie. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I this 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 was a, a monumental movie. Um, I don't Absolutely. think anything. I'm trying to think. The only thing that could ever top this is if we ever got X Men versus the Avengers. Seeing the X Men share the same screen as the Avengers. Um, would would completely blow my like I would just be like all right listen hold on now like the only thing that could top that is like all right now you're telling me we're getting the Justice League versus Avengers like that's the only other thing that could top seeing X Men and the Avengers face off um, in a movie together and then I'm just like all right well where's the bar now like you keep raising it at some point you have to hit the ceiling um, so it's just hats off to to Kevin Feige man this has been such an amazing journey. Um, Absolutely. And I think we all can agree that we thank Kevin Feige and all these directors for an amazing journey. Um, you know, re- regardless of how I feel on Age of Ultron and, like, most of the Thor movies and two of the Iron Man mm-hmm. movies and the first Captain America movie, mm-hmm. it was still an amazing journey, nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, Mike, one of the geeks against the grain we're definitely going to do is Guardians 2 because I really did not like that movie. So I want to keep that. that in mind. God, I've been doing this with my co-host on Geek Media Corps for two years. Oh my god, it's like <laughs> it's like me and my wife. Me and my wife have been fighting. You know why I hate Civil War? Because me and my wife still fight about it. We still because I'm Team <laughs> Iron Man, she's Team Cap, and we still. Last night, as the credits are rolling for Endgame, we're arguing about that about a movie I, three freaking years old. I will tell you to this day. I, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I want to be on that Geeks Against the Grain because I personally really like Guardians, too. Oh, really? I love Tia. She's awesome. All right, yeah, but this is going to be fun then. But I will say, I, I still to you this day... You're too young to get it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I still to this day can't understand how anyone teamed with, with Team Cat. 
I'm just like, I, I kind of feel I'm like Iron Cap. Man. I'm Iron Man. Cap. I think it's because in the right. comic, yeah, in the comic, everybody was Team Cap, so they felt like they needed to be Team Cap in the movie. But it was like, dude, in the movie, Cap is harboring a terrorist, for God's sakes. Are you guys trying to- Yes. Oh, hey, we, right. this guy killed his parents. Now let's, let's team up and beat him up. Really? Really? This guy just found out that this guy murdered his parents, and you're going to team up and beat him up for it? Wow. Bully. But Tony oh, wanted to put the no no no. Tony wanted to put the Avengers in the hands of governments, which are quite corrupt at times. So no, I hate that whole thing. I was like, the obvious way is to go with Cass, so that you can have the Avengers still operating on their own and not being you yeah. know delegated by leaders who can barely get budgets and shit like that under wraps, and they want to determine where the Avengers are going to point their guns to? No, no. Just because Tony felt bad over, you know, someone dying. Listen, okay, really quick, really quick, right? The whole thing about this started off pretty much with the fact that, you know, uh, a city, you know, dropped in Age of Ultron, da, 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 da. I hate this logic in these superhero movies where they're like, look at all the destruction that happened. It's like you do know that Ultron wanted to use the city as a meteor to then thus destroy the rest of the Earth. So, yes, I'm sorry, but the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. So, to me, that was just a sacrifice that needed to be made. The freaking built, not building, the piece of land was raising anyway. They did what they could to save as many people as they could. That whole shit is bullshit to me. I want to say that. I think, so angry. <laughs> I think the point that Stark was trying to make was, I get it. You don't trust them. I don't either. But the good thing is we have all of the power. We could look at the situation and go, I don't like this. This doesn't look right, and bring bring upon the change. It's not as simple as, well, Ross is the only person that could tell us what to do. Like, it wasn't that simple. And Cap was looking at it. Because remember, the only reason Cap was against it is because this is fresh off of what happened in Winter Soldier, where the government seemed completely corrupt, top to bottom, um, with, with Hydra. So if that never happened, Cap wouldn't be as strong about this as he was. And remember, he also was leaning towards Stark's side when they were in the room and Stark gave him the pin, that, um, the pin from his father. He was ready to sign. It wasn't until Stark said um, where they were keeping Wanda, like they were keeping Wanda like pretty much a prisoner, that Cap really just kind of said, you know what, no. But he was leaning towards it. It, it was not a bad idea. That you should answer to someone. That team, think about it. The Avengers now have grown, and now you have the Guardians. Picture all that power. If one day one of them, just one of these, these overpowered people, just decide they don't want to be governed, they want to just be bad, who's stopping them? Who, like if Wanda just, just woke up one day and was just like, you know what, I'm going to be like my dad, Magneto. I'm going to just start killing everyone. You need to have control around that. You need to have something that can neutralize that beca- before it becomes a problem. And I completely understood where Stark was coming from. I get you, Tia, in the sense of Age of Ultron. That was unavoidable. But the events of Civil War, remember, not on purpose, but Wanda caused that. Like, instead of just putting it purely in the air, um, for it to just explode in the air and maybe just, <clears throat> excuse me, destroy some glass or something, it landed in the building and took out half that building. So it wasn't just like... She, but I don't think she meant to do that. If you rewatch no. it, she's just 
slinging it. And again, mm-hmm. he was going to explode. He was going to explode himself on the ground, which would then still have killed people. I I get you, but if at some point you as the government, you can't just keep going. Well, like, well, of course, some people are going to die. Like, no, think of you as a human. You're kind of like, I don't like the way that that's done. What do you mean some of us are going to die? I don't want to die. Like, every time the Avengers pops up, you have to now have in your head, you possibly die today, then. Like, you know, it, it can happen. You can die today. Like, no. So you as, as, a, as government, you can't just tell the people, hey, listen, it has to be some of you or it could have been all of us. Like, that doesn't go well with people. So you have to figure out a way to calm people. They're just scared. Um, and, and I think the best way to do that is to tell them the Avengers work for us. Like, you don't have to worry about them just randomly running in your backyard and blowing up your house. Like, no, we control where they go, how they go. Um, so you don't have to live in fear. Because it is terrifying to know that I'm just, you know, I'm at the store one day buying some groceries. All of a sudden, Crossbones walks in. And now the Hulk completely levels the building, and I'm dead now. Like, no, that, that, that people are terrified about the idea of that. So I completely understood yeah. where Stark was coming from. I understand that, but even at the end, Stark realized that he was kind of, like, choosing the wrong thing because when he saw that all of them were locked up, uh, what was it called, the raft, the wrist, whatever it was. And, you know, they're all, like, imprisoned in freaking straight jackets and everything. I mean, come on. He even, like, told that guy, like, you know, go – pissed off pretty much and went to go find Cass to try to mold things over and then of course obviously we know where that went. Yeah, I'm just saying I, I'm saying I know Stark's point. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I'm saying I, I do get it. It's so funny, like as Mike said, like we're still like arguing this point like what, five years later or some shit like that? Like still who's Team Cap, who's Team Iron Man? <laughs> Yeah, um, cause Team Iron Man. To me, it's uh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. No, that's all. Just Team Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Case no, closed. I mean it's it, it's one of those things where it's like it's not it's not simple either way. Like you can make a case for either side. I just don't happen to see Cap's because again we have to remember Cap's side got blurred. Like his stance got blurred. It at first was I just don't trust the government. And then it quickly became, I'm just looking to save Bucky. Like, I don't care who dies in the process of me saving Bucky. Like, it became so clouded. Um, And then, like Mike said, at the end, it's like Iron Man disagreed with you, and you can't see that he's angry because you knew how his parents died, and you hid that from him. How can you not understand how you can be upset about that? Um, And I get you. You're like, well, I'm not going to let you kill my best friend, but it's like, you still don't almost kill Stark over it. Like, he didn't that's what try and kill Stark. I don't think he tried to kill Stark. He was just trying to immobilize him, and he knew that once he, well, you know, destroys the thing in his chest, that that would immobilize him. He is a little biased. I am biased. Let's remember two things. Let's remember two things. Warner Soldier almost ripped the arc reactor out of his chest, and then Steve proceeded to ram his shield into Stark's chest. Like, and then Stark thought he was going to go for his head. That was trying to kill him. <laughs> like, there's oh, no way around head. that. So what you're saying is he should have went for the head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Dom, where, where do you stand on this? You team Cap, team Stark? 
I I, I see I see both sides and, and, and especially because like I'm a big like Defa Vendetta fan. I was definitely like on cap side for a minute because I'm like, yo, the government is nah, forget them. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm not I'm not gonna sacrifice everything to save this one guy who has done a bunch of questionable things, you know. Yeah, and I, mean, does... I, I I get Cap's point. Cap's like, well, he didn't have control over what happened, and it's like, cool. I I get that, but what you have to get is he's he's made he's he's created dead bodies all over the world, all yeah. over the world. I mean, he almost killed Black Widow, so it's not like all right, well, he just killed like just Stark's parents. Like as bad as that is, it's like all right, he only made one mistake. You know, let's give him a chance. It's like no, he was like a murder robot for years. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like, like uh, it's kind of like Banner. Banner was like, hey, I'm I keep doing bad things. He tried to end the end it and tried to kill himself. So it's like one of those things where look, Bucky needs to know that he is an issue, a problem, and he needs to lock himself away. Like, hey, I don't need to be out with the public. Put me in a box somewhere. But that wasn't the case. No, it, it it honestly wasn't, and and that's why I'm saying I think Cap's uh, his his opinions on on the stance got very clouded. Um, I mean, think about it. As Cap was telling Tony, like, no, I'm not going to sign it. We're watching him break out of this container, albeit it was against his control. He's breaking out this container, and he almost killed Stark again. <laughs> and it's like. This is this is a problem, Cat. Like he has to be not necessarily put down in the sense of like killed, but we have to do something to make sure this guy is not on the streets because he's yeah. dangerous. Like if all you have to say is like, if all you have to say is like a few words. Say it again. Twenty sixteen was such an awful year because Batman v Superman and Civil War, and we're still arguing that shit three years later. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? I remember I remember saying that that year when I saw that both these movies were eerily similar in, in the uh the idea of pinning uh the two heroes against each other. PBS was gonna do it better. And and I I to this day <laughs> stand by that original thought because if you had told me that a movie was Batman No, but a movie with Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman would underperform I would tell you, do you know how difficult it is to make a bad movie with right, Superman, right. Batman, and oh, Wonder Woman? There's not much oh, you have to do. Oh, but, Say it again, but they did it, Sean. But they did it, Sean. I know. I know. And to me, it's like, to me, those three characters are the most known superheroes in, in all of the world. Like, if you don't know Marvel or if you barely know DC, you 100% know at least Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman, if not all three of them. Um, so it's like if you got those three characters together, how do you mess that up? Right. I'm like, I still to this day stand by that because I'm like, I would have never thought that Civil War, again, in a universe that's already been established, would outdo a movie that has Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in it. And that first trailer was epic. It was Epic. I thought the first trailer for Civil War, the only thing that saved it, was Spider-Man at the end. I thought that trailer was just like, all right, you know, run-of-the-mill Marvel movie, okay, cool. Um, but that first BVS trailer, oh, I still get chills thinking about that first trailer. Um, so Again, 
I'm not one of those people that will hide, uh, you know, behind my paint. I still stand tall on the idea of before either one of those movies came out, there's just no way anyone could have ever imagined you mess up Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. I stand by that. I'll just tell you guys, don't go search my Twitter account for for my tweets right after that for like the three months where I was in denial that it was not an amazing movie. So don't look those up. (laughs) It just it it it's one of those things where it's just you go. I I don't get how you mess that up. I I I really don't. It seems simple enough. Um, But yeah, it it. uh, I I don't even want to think about it. Really quickly, I want to ask. Awful. Go ahead. What'd you say? 2016, it was just awful. Awful year for movies. It was. I, I completely agree. I think a Transformers <laughs> movie came out that year, too. So, you know, that was the icing on the cake. <laughs> <That's okay>. um, <laughs> but I did want to ask you guys one more quick question. I want you guys to keep it super quick so we can close it out. Because um, we got a show again tomorrow. So I don't want to take too much air out of you guys' lungs. I want to know, out of the Avengers movies we have named today, what had the best post credit team. Dom, I'm going to start with you. Mm, I think it has to, it's probably the the first Avengers because I, I immediately knew that it was Thanos when I saw him turn around and I was ready to, to ride the ride. Yeah, it was, it was definitely the start of something to where you're just like, all right, if you knew the comics, you knew how special that end credit scene was. Uh, it just set up so much. It's so much now. Um, Tia, I'll go to you. What What did you think was the best um, end credit scene? So I'm going to be a little funny here. Uh, the shawarma scene. Ah, you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> that was so Joss Whedon right there, the shawarma. Simply yeah. because the trolling, the fact that we all – there at the end, we're like, we're going to see something so awesome because we see something so awesome. And it's literally just them eating in silence. Fun fact, by the way, yeah. guys, uh, the reason why you see Captain America looking the way he is and his hand covering is because he's wearing prosthetics because he was filming, I believe, either snow piercer or puncture at the time, and he had to have a beard for that. So that's why he's not eating in that scene. Fun fact for you guys. Ah, if only they could have done that with Henry Cavill. Uh, Mike, <laughs> what is your pick now that uh, it's a former for sure? Like I said, it was a movie that felt like it was just taking some of the so many of the tropes from Buffy that I love so much and putting them into this. It, it was it was great. So yeah, definitely a former. Perfect. I'm actually going with um, Age of Ultron. I'm going with Thanos Woo. putting the gauntlet on and saying, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Um, and then right after that, he proceeded to send Ronan, the accuser, to do his bidding for him. So he didn't do it himself. It took a while. Uh, <laughs> so that was one of the biggest lies of the MCU. Uh, fine, I'll do it myself. But then he didn't do it himself. So Just kidding. Whatever. What did you say? Oh, I thought you were saying I'll something. Um, but, yeah. I'm um, kidding. Yeah, no, that that to me just was – it was one of those things where – and it was really cool to see it empty, um, to see literally no nothing in it. Um, and it was just one of those things of, of, of telling you, like, you're about to see his journey of trying to get these stones. 
Um, and then just how he went about it was, was great. Um, and I love how if you think about it, um, Infinity War was a gym heist. And you could say Endgame was a time heist. Both were heist films. Boom. Uh, Russo brothers are great at heist films, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, but I always looked at Infinity War as like, he was just hunting for gems. It was just like, where can I steal them? I'm going to steal them <laughs> any way possible. It was, it was, a, it was a stone heist. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm definitely going with, with Endgame. That definitely stood out to me the most because it was just like, all right. The first, you know, in the first Avengers, he turns around, smiles. We don't see him again until Age of Ultron. But now it looks like he means business. Only for him to still be sitting, come Guardians. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but all right, guys, that is all we have for tonight. Tomorrow night we will be breaking down Endgame. That's part one. Part two will be Geek Vibes Live, the Javengers, um, or Govengers, Govengers. I guess I don't know. I was trying to be like, <laughs> I guess, smart by putting GVN and Avengers. Whatever, guys. Um, <laughs> um, so we are going to be doing a two-part um, breakdown of the movie because a movie that's three hours can't just be um, done in two. It needs four. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And we also have Game of Thrones this Sunday. So it's going to be a really emotional weekend uh, for all of us. So let's hope we can survive it. Um, but Tia, Mike, Dom and Swaggy P who had to leave early so she could make it to her showing of Endgame. Um, I want to thank you guys all so much for joining me on this episode of Geeks Against the Grain. It was a lot of fun and I love having the two new additions. Um, you guys are great. Can't wait to do this technically again tomorrow, but again next Friday for another episode of Geeks Against the Grain. So till then, peace. peace. Have a good night. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.